You are listening to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 32 of the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. My name is Asa. And I'm Allison. On this 32nd episode, we're going to take you for something a little bit different than most of the pieces and composers that we normally present with Antonio Vivaldi and his concerto number three, Autumn, from the Four Seasons. So while we love our turn-of-the-century romantics, we do have a fondness for composers of all eras, so we will be going back to the Baroque era for this week with Vivaldi. He was born in 1678 in Venice, Italy, and his father was a violinist of some renown, and it was from his father that Vivaldi initially learned this stringed instrument. Unfortunately, young Antonio suffered from an unknown lung disease, so playing music, and in particular the violin, was a fortunate choice for him. Can you imagine if he had tried to play to play a wind? <laughs> yeah, trying to play a tuba probably wouldn't have worked so well. With no, yeah, with no lungs. Uh, <laughs> after years of training, he was ordained as a priest in the year 1703 and gained the nickname The Red Priest because of his red hair. And apparently this was not a life choice that he had made, but rather a family financial choice, as his schooling for the priesthood was free. And soon after being ordained, Vivaldi was appointed to the Pio Ospedale della Pieta, which was an orphanage. Here he composed for and taught orphan girls, and his resulting orchestra often put on showcases of his music for religious services and for visiting foreign nobility. But Vivaldi had bigger dreams than just the Ospedale. In his free time, he worked on operas, and in 1713 he premiered his first opera called Atone in Villa. His fame further extended as he began publishing some of his works, including chamber sonatas, and many of his concertos were being played outside of the Ospedale Orchestra by professionals. Now, surprisingly, Vivaldi's music found high praise in Germany. Apparently, J.S. Bach loved the concertos and even transcribed them to be playable on his instrument of choice, the keyboard. And in 1717, Vivaldi moved from Venice to Mantua, and there he had landed a job as the Kapellmeister for Landgrave Philipps van Hessen-Darmstadt, a lesser nobleman who was quite fond of music. And here in Mantua, he provided various types of works, mostly of the vocal variety, while in this post. And after two years, his posting expired, but Vivaldi continued traveling and writing works commissioned by international patrons. Due to his excellent teaching, though, he still retained his post at the Ospedale with the requirement that he send them two concertos per month to perform. <laughs> wow, that is a lot of composing. It's about the same frequency we do podcasting. Right, yeah, no, that's a ton. And by 1725, Vivaldi had mastered the operatic genre, with a rate of about two operas per year being premiered. He also had really filled his role as a master of the string concerto. In 1725, he published his Opus 8 of concertos, which are jointly titled The Trial of Harmony and Invention. And this collection includes four of his most famous works, which are the four Four Seasons concertos. Coming soon after this publication, Vivaldi successfully tried his hand at composing for winds and also published several lovely flute concertos. 
And during the 1730s, Vivaldi traveled widely around Europe. Apparently, he liked to be intimately involved with the production of his opera premieres, no matter where they took place. During this touring time, he published less and less works, but that's not to say that he didn't write them. Apparently, he was a shrewd businessman and found that he made more money by selling manuscript versions of his works on commission rather than going through a publishing company. In 1740, Vivaldi returned to Venice from his travels only to find it in economic ruins. And this simply would not do for this businessman. So after nearly 40 years of service, he finally resigned from his post at the Ospedale and went to Vienna where his patron was Charles VI. And this could have been a smart move had it not been for what Vivaldi described as an internal fire, which was meaning the bronchial lung disease he had suffered with since childhood. He apparently died from an attack of this disease in 1741. So I believe that just about everybody who has listened to music has heard some or all of Vivaldi's Four Seasons concertos because they're incredibly popular and used even today in so many aspects of modern culture, whether as soundtracks or as little sound bites on commercials or just played constantly over the air. <laughs> everybody, yeah, everybody has heard some of these. So we're going to talk about the concerto called Autumn. So here on the Coffee House, we do have a lot of experience talking to you about romantic music, and much of that type of music is what we call programmatic, meaning it tells a story. And as Vivaldi was writing The Four Seasons, programmatic wasn't really a term that was thrown around and wasn't really a concept yet as it was in the Romantics. But this piece, the Autumn Concerto, really does tell a story, and it was on purpose because it follows texts of sonnets that Vivaldi actually wrote himself. So the movements of this concerto correspond with sonnets about the season of autumn. The first movement is entitled Peasant, Dance, and Song, and it's easy to hear the joyous dances. And then there's even a short, quiet interlude which represents some more resting and sleepy party guests. And then we come back to our raucous peasant party. The second movement of the concerto is entitled Sleeping Drunkers Adagio Molto. <laughs> and this movement is all slow, like a gentle lullaby for the cool nighttime sleepiness. Alternatively, I might call this slow, like the gentle staggering of a drunkard falling into bed. <laughs> and then the next movement, the final movement, is titled The Hunt, taking place the day after this grand party. And this concerto is one of the rare instances where a hunt is described, but no actual hunting horn is used. 
However, we still get a melody in the strings that is built around the tonic in fifth of F major, which is what this concerto is written in, and that sound does mimic a hunting horn. So this work is a concerto, and that means that there's an orchestra that accompanies a featured solo instrument. In the Baroque era, there were also some other rules that applied to most concertos, including this one. And one of those rules was the interaction between the solo instrument and the orchestra. So as we hear in the first movement of the Auto Concerto, Vivaldi has a very definitive group ritornello theme. Now, Allison, what is a ritornello? It is a sort of interlude that is usually fanfare-like, and it comes back again and again, and we hear it between the more virtuosic lines that the soloist plays. So this is what Vivaldi's first movement, Ritornello, sounds like. If I recall correctly, Ritornello translates to something akin to returning, and indeed, we also hear a ritornello in the third movement. An interesting feature of this concerto is that the second movement doesn't actually feature the soloist at all. So the part the first violins have and the solo violin are exactly the same. And as we mentioned before, the whole movement is very light and atmospheric rather than really being musical at all. So there's really not an opportunity for a virtuosic solo line to be performed. And this is also unique amongst the rest of the Four Seasons concertos where the slow movements of each do indeed feature a lyrical solo line. So something I really like about the third movement of this concerto is the action in the lower instruments, notably the viola and cello lines. So compared to some bass lines, there's actually a lot of action that goes on here. So granted, most of this action is filler, but I think it does make it more fun. In the best music, no action is filler. An example of this, we hear the stately violins bring us to a half cadence, and then the low voices get to bellow out a downward scale that runs nicely into the tonic. And then while the solo violin is playing by themselves like a soloist, <laughs> the only other group who gets to play is the cello line, and then they mimic the soloist's 16th notes. And you can listen carefully for that right through this point. Finally, we mentioned how this third movement represents a hunting party. The text of the sonnet at the end reads, Terrified and wounded, the prey struggles on, but harried dies. And if we think of the solo violin as the hunted animal, we can imagine that all its virtuosic runs are escaping through the forest and over hills and rivers. Then, as it grows weary, we hear at the end a very comparatively slow eighth note diminished scale. 
but the hunting party has been successful at this point with the dead prey, and so the movement does end on a triumphant and happy major chord note. A triumphant and happy note for the hunters, (laughs) not the hunted. So I do like how this is a programmatic work and it talks about the season and we are, of course, in the season of autumn right now. And I like to walk around, particularly forests, and look at the grand trees and all of their pretty colors. And I think this music really does kind of evoke that sense of the beauty of nature. Oh, and I definitely agree with that. So thank you very much for listening to this admittedly slightly shorter episode of the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast, this bite-sized episode of the Coffeehouse Music Podcast, a slider, if you will. <laughs> Podcast slider. Uh, if you it's enjoy, gonna be really long now. It, if you enjoy what we're doing, except for the jokes, uh, you can let us know on iTunes and Google Play by leaving us a review there and follow us on Facebook because all of our updates are posted there. For the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast, I'm Allison. And I'm Asa. Thank you so much for listening. Vivaldi's Concerto in F Major Autumn and Movement 1 from the Concerto in F Minor Winter were performed by John Harrison in the Wichita State University Chamber Players conducted by Robert Teresiani. The Concerto for Two Cello, String, and Continuo in G Minor Movement 1 was performed by the New Trinity Baroque conducted by Pridra Gosta. The Flute Concerto in G Major was performed by Paula Robinson in the Gardner Chamber Orchestra. You can download this and all of our previous episodes on iTunes or Google Play or directly from our website, coffeehouseclassical.podbean.com. Never miss an update by subscribing or liking our Facebook page. Our Facebook posts are also a convenient way to share our podcast with a friend or leave comments about the episodes. You can also reach us by email at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com. 